actually titled the, the study The Great Journey. And we know we're all on a journey, right? And uh, we know that it is an awesome blessing, really, just to be able, first of all, just to come into the house of God and, and really offer up our praises and, and worship to Him, right? And that's, that's a blessing that we're able to, to do that. Um, and, but we also know, of course, that God's not limited to a building, right? And we know that as, as believers, we could fellowship with Him at any time. But we also know that, again, as believers, we are in this journey where we're, we're just kind of passing through, right? This is not our permanent home. Um, and ultimately, of course, our permanent home is in heaven. Um, and with that, though, uh, we have to continue to really uh, have that, that uh, desire in our heart to continue to, to seek him and to live a life with, with that mindset that one day we will be in his glorious presence. Uh, and there's a lot of things that go on in our lives and, and, and that we struggle with, but I pray that with the power of his Holy Spirit and his grace, we would be able to let go of that, that, those things and surrender that to him, that our lives here would be a blessing to our Lord. And ultimately, when we see the Lord face to face, he would just share those words, well done, good and faithful servant, right, and turn, and turn to my rest. Um, so it is a promise for every believer that one day we will face him. And of course, that should motivate us again to continue to press through it all, right? No matter what we're facing in this life, and it is a it is a difficult journey, right? As uh, that we have to live, that we have to as Christians, uh, we have to face a lot of things that come at us, right? And 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 but the beauty of it though is is that as challenging and, and rigorous that this journey is, God promises that He He will go uh, uh, through this journey with us, and He will provide everything that we need to be able to go through this journey in a good way and ultimately finish strong. And, and that's the promise that he gives to all of us. And tonight what we'll be looking at actually is Psalm 84. If you want to go ahead and turn there in Psalm 84. And this Psalm 84, uh, you know, speaks of, of the great blessing of dwelling in the house of God. Um, and, and the author of this psalm actually is unknown, but it, it was to be sung by, by the sons of Korah who were assigned to be, uh, they were assigned in the temple as, to be like gatekeepers and, and musicians. But if you recall, in number 16, actually, it covers how uh, um, Korah led a rebellion against uh, Moses, right? It was a big rebellion and and ultimately, of course, they were judged and they had them killed. But in God's mercy, we see the descendants of Korah here uh, now allowed to dwell in the temple and serve God in these ways. Uh, so now here they're, they're, they're dwelling in the temple and, and they're worshiping God. And that's all because of his grace and mercy, right? And they, they acknowledge that. But isn't that the case with all of us? You know, what, one, at one time we were in rebellion, right? We were enemies of God. We were walking in sin. And, but yet, what did he do? He delivered us in his mercy and his grace. He restored us to himself. And now we could dwell with him. We could walk with him. We could serve him. And ultimately, of course, we could also freely praise and worship him. And, and that's what we need to acknowledge God's mercy and grace on our lives. And, and because of that, we give it all to him. So when we worship here, 
you know, I pray that it would be true worship, you know, true worship that it would be a, a blessing to our Lord. And he deserves all of our praise, right? Because he is faithful. Um, and so in this psalm, we'll see the psalmist speaks of, of the people of Israel, God's people who had their hearts set on pilgrimage once a year. And, and what they would look forward to is taking this journey to visit the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem. Um, so there was like three feasts per year, and, and, and the people had to take uh, these journeys to go to the temple to offer their praise and worship and celebrate the feast. Now, we know some people w w were not able to make that journey, um, and even the psalmist shares in, the, in, in, in this psalm that you know, he longed to do that as well, so obviously he couldn't, he couldn't take part in that as well. But even though it was a long and rigorous journey for many, as we'll see, they were faithful in completing this journey to be in the house of God and seek his presence. And, and, and really, uh, we know because of, of, of a lot of circumstances, uh, things do come up where we can't come to the house of God and worship him. Even with this pandemic that we had to go through, it really took us out, right? It took us out of fellowship uh, physically in the house of God. And that took a while. You know, and thank God by his grace, he's, he's brought us back together. Um, and I pray that some of you out there have not come back to church for whatever reason. I, I would encourage you to come back. You know, fellowshipping with, with God's people in the house of God really is edifying to everyone. And we need all everybody here. You know, so as we look at this Psalm 84, it could be divided into four areas. Uh, first of all, number one, the heart of worship in verses one through four. And number two, the heart of pilgrimage, verses 5 through 7. And number three, the heart of prayer, verses 8 through 9. And number four, the heart for eternity, verses 10 through 12. And as we'll see, if you look at these four areas, they're, they're important components to this journey that we're all in, that we definitely need to incorporate in our journey with, with the Lord because it's going to help us, again, have that journey that's going to bless him. So let me go ahead and read verses 1 through 12 of Psalm 84. It says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King, my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and, and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withhold, uh, withheld from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. You know, so we see in the first four verses 
the psalmist acknowledges again what a great blessing it was to be able to dwell in the house of God and worship God. And he even took notice of the sparrows who made their home in the temple by they created their own nests. In fact, he kind of envied the sparrows because the psalmist was unable to make this trip. You know, so in verse 2, it says what? My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And the psalmist shared here that his soul longed, right, to be in the house of God among God's people and, of course, meet with the living God. So he was very passionate that, that about this and he says here that my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God so it was a true passion that that the psalmist had that he would be able to dwell in in, in the house of God and 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 really there's a there's a there's actually a quote by Spurgeon uh, in in speaking about this that says there was no superstition in this love he loved the house of God because he loved the God of the house his heart and flesh cried out not for the altar and the candlestick, but for his God. You know, so we must ask ourselves, family, you know, does our soul also truly long to be in the house of the living God? Are we truly passionate to seek him and hear from him that our heart and soul cries out to him in that way? You know, when, you know, when we are, are coming to church, are, are we coming with that expectation, I am going to hear from the Lord. I want to hear from the Lord. Or are we having all this other stuff in our minds that we're distracted, where we're not ready to receive? Um, do we look forward to coming to church to offer up our praise and our worship? I pray that we would be. And, and that we would have the right heart and not see it as kind of an inconvenience to have to come to service. Oh, we've got to come to service. No. It's a privilege to come and worship the Lord. So we have to question, you know, what is our primary motive? Are we coming to church to socialize with people? I mean, so fellowship is awesome, but the more important thing is, are, are we coming to hear from the living God? The, psalm, the psalmist in verse 4 reminds us that what? Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. You know, so we are blessed. You guys agree we're blessed when we come? Amen. Warren Wiersbe once said, how easy it is for us to take granted the privilege of worshiping the living God, a privilege purchased for us at the cross. You know, so it is a privilege. And I pray we would have that heart to come and worship and praise the Lord for he deserves every bit of it. Um, now, we know, of course, our worship and our praise that we do here and, of course, when we're at home in our personal time, it is a prelude to what we're going to be doing in heaven one day, right? And, and I pray that we would have that mindset, I am going to worship you, Lord, here while I'm here in this world, but I'm also looking forward to when I'm in heaven, worshiping our glorious God. And that's going to be an awesome time. Again, we have that, that, that promise through his word. Um, so in verse, the second part of verse 5, I'm sorry, in the first part of verse 5, it said, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. So I, I, I would ask family, you know, where is your strength 
What, where, where, how are you motivated to continue this journey? You know, the, the only way we're going to continue to be blessed through this journey, and I believe we all agree, and, and have the endurance that we need to finish strong and reach our destination, is by His strength, right? Not by our own strength. We know when we try doing things in our own strength, we don't get anywhere. <laughs> in fact, we end up taking those detours, so we go backwards, and it takes us off of this journey when we try to maneuver things in, in our own strength. Um, we know that our flesh is weak, right? And nothing good dwells in it. The Apostle Paul acknowledged that, that he was inherently weak in the flesh, and he saw the need to be dependent on the power of Christ. And I love the encouragement, the verse that he uh, wrote in, in Philippians 4.13. We're all familiar with it. Uh, they share with the Philippian church that, what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we need to remember those things. I mean, they're there, those things are there for a reason to encourage us through this journey that where does our, our strength lie? And with the Corinthian church, Paul shared, when I am weak, I am strong. So because of the Lord's all-sufficient grace, Paul acknowledged that in his weakness, God's strength was perfected. And that's the case with all of us, right? We're Inherently, we are weak. And, and, but his strength is perfected in us. And, and, and that's what we have to hang on to that fact and not rely on our own flesh. The second part of this, verse 5 says, Blessed is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage. You guys know what a pilgrim is, right? It's like a traveler, right? A, a sojourner who, who is in a temporary place. He's on a journey, right? Like to a holy place. And this journey is, is a physical journey usually, but also, of course, in our case, it's also a spiritual journey that we are ultimately looking forward to our permanent home. Anybody here been on a missions trip? And, and that, you know, when those of us have gone to those literally other parts of the world like Nepal, Cambodia, Mexico, right? It, it is a form of, of pilgrimage that we do unto the Lord as we go over there to share the gospel message. And, and the Lord tugs at our heart and gives us that, that desire to do that, to go. You know, it's what, uh, to Nepal, how many hours is it to get over there? 24. 24 hours. That's a long trip. But we do it to bless the Lord and bring glory to Him. So He puts that in our heart, that, that heart of a pilgrimage. Um, but again, as believers, we are just pilgrims passing through. We are sojourners in this world on a journey of life's ups and downs, right? You know this journey, there's a lot of ups and downs, right? And we've been through those. All of us, it's like a roller coaster. It's, it's up and down. And I pray, of course, that, that, it, that there would be more ups and downs. But we know that's not usually, a lot of times, it's, it's not the case. So, but it, this is not our permanent home. Thank God again that he's placed eternity in our hearts, that he gives us the motivation to continue to press on through the many challenges and trials that we face and continue growing in grace. We do grow in grace right through the trials. And, and he gives us the motivation in, in the fact that no matter what's going on in our lives now in the midst of this challenge, guess what? He's going to carry us through that challenge. And ultimately, we're going to be strengthened through it. We're going to grow in it. Our faith is going to grow stronger. And ultimately, we know that whatever's going on in this world is in no comparison to the glory 
that awaits us in his presence. You know, so it's all relative, right? Um, there's a scripture in Hebrews 13, 14 that says, for, he, for, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. And that's, again, the hope that lies in us. This awesome blessing that we as believers have, a living hope in the eternity, again, that inspires us to keep moving forward in this journey of life. Um, and we know what awaits us at the end. And it is through, again, God's strength that helps us keep eternity in our hearts. If you want to turn to Colossians 3, please, and Colossians 3, let me read verses 1 through 4. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Speaking of the, the, the eternity that he's placed in our hearts, in Colossians uh, 3, verses 1 through 4, it says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You know, so I pray that again, our lives, the way we live our lives out, will, would be a life that has an eternal mindset right, that we would desire to continue to lay up for ourselves what treasures not on earth, but where? In heaven. And, and there's rewards down the road for every believer, those that crown of righteousness. Um, and we know that one day in a twinkle of an eye, what's going to happen? The trumpets are going to sound and we will be taken up and be able to dwell in holy Zion, the new Jerusalem, in his glorious presence. And that's a promise for every one of us. We don't know when that day is going to happen, but we need to live with that expectancy in our heart. And, and that's where strength comes from the Lord for us to continue to live in that way. In verse 6, uh, the psalmist says, And as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. So the psalmist here was referring to this, this hard journey that God's people had to make to get to the temple in Jerusalem. And they had to pass through this dry, desolate valley of Baca. And, 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 and it was it, it, the, the word Baca, the Hebrew word meaning uh, a balsam tree, and the sap of the tree oozes like tears. So it like weeps. And, and, and this valley, you could refer to it also as a valley of weeping. And we know the valleys of life that we have to go through, some of them, definitely there's a lot of weeping, right, that we have to uh, experience. One commentator in regards to these valleys said, this present world is to us this valley of weeping. In our passage through it, we are refreshed by the streams of divine grace flowing down from the great fountain of consolation. It's a beautiful interpretation of that. This valley of Baca is, of course, ultimately symbolic of any difficult and painful place in life where everything seems hopeless. You know, those valleys that we all have had to go through where we feel helpless, right? I think we, many of us have gone through those. Uh, and those seasons that are full of hurt and, and, and pain and that weeping that, that we're talking about, a lot of despair that goes on, right? Those, 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 those times when we feel it's endless, those valleys that are endless. I think many of us have, have been there. And some of us, again, have, have had to go through those desolate times 
where we feel we're all alone and there's nowhere to turn to. But thank God, of course, in his faithfulness and in his grace, he has always been there, right, to guide us through it. We're not alone in these valleys. Again, he carries us through those valleys. And ultimately, he will again do a work, a, a, a good work in and through that experience. And we know God does not keep us from, from these valleys, right? But definitely he does promise he walks us through them. He walks with us. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. And we know it, it is in these valleys that we need to hang on to that living hope, definitely to help us to grow in, our, in grace, that our faith definitely is strengthened, right? It grows that much stronger, and ultimately God is glorified through it. And that's how we need to embrace those valleys of life as we face them. There's a, a scripture in Romans 5, verses 3 to 5, that, de, uh, that speaks of this, um, that says, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You know, so it's, it, it, it's an awesome uh, encouragement for us that through these tribulations that we know God is working and building us up, that, that hope continues to be in us as we go through it. And it is by the power of His Holy Spirit that helps us do this. Maybe some of you are in a place right now where you are uh, having to walk in a deep valley. You know, maybe it is your health that you're struggling with. You know, maybe there's really no hope for whatever health condition you have. There's no cure and you're really in pain. You're struggling with it. Um, you know, we all go through that sometimes. We just don't know. <laughs> Even with what's going on with, with, with my wife, you know, I hope, you know, that everything goes well tomorrow. But we trust in him. We trust in his grace. We trust in the fact that he's going to be there with her. He's going to guide the surgeon's hands. And ultimately, he's going to be glorified through it. You know, so that's how we need to embrace these, these valleys. You know, maybe your, your valley is, is financial. You know, maybe you lost your job. A lot of people have lost their job. Uh, and you're having difficulty putting food on the, on the table. And, and that's where, again, we need to trust that God's going to be there for us. Um, some people may, may be experiencing valleys in their marriage. Maybe your marriage is, is, is in serious trouble, you know, and there's issues there, and you feel there's no hope in the marriage. Again, God will work if you allow him to work as you surrender these things to him. And, and that's where we have to be at. Truly trust and believe and surrender these things to him and, and believe that he is going to move in his perfect timing and according to his perfect will. But many times we just don't believe. Um, and another valley may be that you may be caught up with sin and you feel you're, 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 you're captive to it and you can't be free of it. Maybe you're caught up with alcohol or drugs and you feel you just can't let it go. But again, you need to trust the Lord, surrender that to him, and allow him to work, and he will uh, free those, those chains. God is rich in mercy, right? And, 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 and in his great love for us, he will deliver us as we entrust these things to him. 
the psalmist here in verse 6 says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. So for God's people who were traveling through this valley of Baca that was void of water, God was faithful in bringing the rain and creating springs of water. And, and this is symbolic, of course, of the fact that God can and will transform a dry and desolate valley into a spring complete with rain and, and, and pools. He, he can transform what appears to be a desert void of any life, right? And transform into something that has life and much vitality. Like a, a, a fruitful, he could transform a garden to a, like a fruitful garden that's blossoming and fruitful. And, and that's the Lord that we serve. And how does he do this? Of course, he provides what? His living water, the whole power of his Holy Spirit that strengthens us, refreshes us, restores us, encourages us to continue in this journey, even through the midst of that, those valleys. Uh, John 7, 37, 38 says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 7 here in, in the Psalm 84 says, They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. So it is by the power of His Holy Spirit, family, that we as believers go from strength to strength. You guys believe that? You know, and, and, and it is, we have to truly believe that every day and with every season that the Lord puts us through, whether good or bad, we go from strength to strength. We get stronger every time. And, and, and that's the beauty of it. Each day, with each trial, we become more like Him, right? Um, I love that scripture in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So strength to strength, with that we are transformed from glory to glory, right? So... Hopefully, we continue to progress in that. Uh, true pilgrims, as they go from strength to strength, will grow stronger as they grow more dependent on the Lord, and they continue to grow in His grace. And it is by His strength, of course, that enables us believers to reach our final destination in heaven. The, and then in verses 8 through 9, let me read that of, of this psalm. says, O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer Give ear, O God of Jacob, O God. Behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. So the psalmist here prayed and lifted up his petition to God to give favor and protection to the king, uh, where, of course, the Messiah would ultimately come from the line of David. So here the psalmist is praying to God, Lord, Lord give favor to the king. Um, and... What happens when you ask God for, he would ask God for favor for the king, of course, God's people would be encouraged through it and, and, and be able to uh, prosper, right? So here the psalmist, of course, is intervening for God's people by asking that he would uh, extend favor and grace on the king. Um, and we don't know as far as uh, who, he, who the psalmist had in mind, which king, but it probably was David or possibly Solomon, but it also points to the fact that it points to the, the Messiah, right, who's the ultimate anointed one. Um, so this is a good reminder, church, that, uh, that we as a church need to continue to pray for our pastor. You know, he has been anointed by God to be the, the shepherd here for his people here at Calvary Chapel Amani for, for 
this time and 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 that he has been uh, 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 given that 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 calling by the Lord to 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 look out after our every of our our souls, and, and he has that calling, but he also needs our prayer because he there's a lot of things that come at him because of that, but he has that anointing in him, but we also have to again as a church be praying for him. So as sojourners passing through this life in this journey. You know, having to face the many obstacles and, and attacks from the world and the enemy and the flesh. More than ever, of course, we, in, in, especially because we're in the last of the last days, we should be praying, right? We have to be t- turning to prayer as we go through this journey, as this journey is getting more uh, rigorous, uh, more obstacles are coming our way because of what's going on in our world today. The depravity of our world has risen the devil has been definitely a whole lot more busier. So he's going to uh, escalate his attacks against us believers. And, and as we go through this journey, I pray that we would turn to prayer. Because it has to start with prayer. You know, this battle is won on our knees. It's a spiritual battle. And as we pray, of course, we pray for his strength, we pray for his guidance, and we pray for his protection. We know our ultimate shield is, is who? The Lord, right? And, 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 and he goes before us wherever we go. Um, and he's the one who fights our battles. He is our strength. He is our protector. And ultimately, he is our deliverer. And he's given us, of course, his armor to be able to fight the good fight, right? And finish strong. And, of course, be able to, to reach that final destination in a good way. And, and again, the battle needs to be uh, fought on, on our knees. Um, in Psalm 28, 7, the psalmist prayed, Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will praise him. So it's a beautiful praiser. He's praying in that way, acknowledging that the Lord is our strength, He is our shield, and we should be doing the same in our prayer time. So again, as, as pilgrims passing through this world uh, that's filled with darkness, of course, He's our protector, He's our provider, and He is the one that's going to guide us through this journey. And, and we need to be praying in that respect. Um, and we know, of course, with prayer, it does avail much. So in the last... Uh, Verses, verses 10 through 12, it speaks again of the heart for eternity. And, and that's what he's given us as, 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 as believers in this journey, right? He's given us, that he's put placed eternity in our hearts. And that's again what motivates us to go, keep moving forward uh, and have that expectation in our heart, what awaits us when we leave this world. Um, but let me read verses 10 through 12 again. It says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. So again, the psalmist here longed to be in the sanctuary of God. And we know 
that those times the high priests were the only ones that were able to enter that inner sanctuary, right, the Holy of Holies. Uh, but the psalmist here expresses that one day in the courts of God, he would be there and, and he longed for that. Um, and it would be better than a thousand elsewhere. You know, that he would be content with just being a doorkeeper in the house of God as a servant than dwell in the tents of the wicked. So to the psalmist, the time spent at God's house was better and more valuable than the time spent elsewhere. You know, so just having that one foot in the court, he longed for, and ultimately he was confident that eventually he will be able to dwell, of course, in Zion, in the very presence of our Lord. In, in um, Philippians 3, verses 7 through 8, uh, Paul acknowledged how apart he was from God's will as a Pharisee. You know, he, he, he knew, he realized that where, where all the accomplishments he had done as a, as, a, as a self-righteous Pharisee were all but rubbish, right? He was far away f- apart from God's will. He thought he was in a good place, but he was not. But let me just read verses 7 through 9 of chap- chapter 3 of Philippians that says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. We need to ask ourselves, family, are we choosing to continue to dwell in his holy place and walk in his will, or are we choosing to walk in the path of sinners? You know, are, are we choosing to be in fellowship with the Lord and in the house of God and serve him faithfully, or are we choosing to dwell with the world and with everything the world has to offer to us? That's a choice we need to uh, examine ourselves in. You know, are we, is our preference to be out there and walking in accordance to the ways of the world? Or are we choosing to be in a good place with God? in that secret place where we dwell with him and there's, that's a place of safety. It's a place of refuge. And, and that's where we all should desire to be. And as we come here in corporately in, in the church, it is a good place. It's a safe place because we could pray for each other, right? The Holy Spirit is moving. And, and if you have burdens, you could entrust that and, and we pray over that. And there's accountability, right? And we grow in the Lord together. So that should be a desire. We should spend time here and not out there, right? Um, but the, the enemy certainly entices us to, to, do out, to be out there. Um, there's that scripture in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, that says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You know, so I pray again that every one of us would always choose to continue to dwell again in his secret place, that place again of safety, a place that we will, uh, uh, that will help us to prosper in the Lord. We all want to prosper in the Lord, right? 
So I, I pray that we would be proactive in making sure that we do seek that fellowship. Fellowship with the Lord personally and fellowship with God's people. In verse 11 and 12, the psalmist says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. You know, so like the sun, you guys know the sun, it does bring light, right? It brings life into this world, right? Without the sun, we wouldn't be alive either, right? <laughs> Physically. Uh, well, a God, the psalmist here says our God is like the sun because he also, of course, he brings life to a lost soul. He's the one that can bring light to the one who's caught up in darkness, right? And, and he's the source of abundant grace that we all need to finish our great, this great journey and finish it strong. And, and without grace, there can never be glory in the Lord, right? We need God's grace to be able to glorify the Lord in and through our lives. Without his grace, definitely we would not be able to do it. It says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So he is the source of every good and perfect gift. You guys agree with that? You know, that, that, and it is that source that comes from above, the Father of lights. And we must not always, we may not always agree with what God gives us as a gift. We might not agree that it's a good and perfect gift. But it is a good and perfect gift because God gave it to us. And we know God is sovereign and he knows what's best for us. So whatever he gives us, we acknowledge it's a good and perfect gift. Um, and so we need to trust in that, trust in his sovereignty, and ultimately it's going to be good for us. So we just need to trust that he is God, trust in his ways, right? We know his ways are much greater than ours. We can't really fully understand but we need to trust in that. We need to trust in his word. We trust in his promises. And the fact that his promises are true. They're going to come to pass. And, and we hang on to that as we, again, go through this journey. We have to abide in him, family. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. I love that verse. In his grace, he has placed eternity in our hearts that we may live with an eternal mindset that as we abide in him and trust him, we ultimately will be able to be in glory with him in that permanent home that awaits every one of us. And, and we're able at that time, of course, to offer all of our praises, all of our worship, right? Through eternity. And that's a beautiful thing to, to look forward to, right? As a believer, um, I just want to close with, with uh, reading uh, Revelation uh, chapter 21, verses 2 through 5. And, and, and these verses depict what our final dwelling will be when we end this journey in this world, uh, what our final uh, dwelling will be like in this new Jerusalem as revealed to the Apostle John. So in Revelation 21, verses 2 through 5, It says, Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, 
prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the, you know, for the former things that passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. It's a great journey, family, that we are in. And it's a journey that ultimately is going to glorify God. But we need to keep these important areas as we do walk, continue walking in this journey that God's word is reminding us of that through this journey, we are to have, again, a heart of worship. We need to have a heart of pilgrimage, looking forward to eternity. We need to have a heart of prayer, of course. And we need to, again, have a heart for what lies ahead. It's, 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 uh, God is so good that he continues to be with us. He's never going to leave us. And this journey that we're in is a good one. As, as, as uh, confronting as it may be, as, as full of trials that it may be, God is working, and we need to trust in that. Amen?